William Carey University is one of the top universities in the Southeast. With multiple scholarship opportunities for incoming students, it's one of the most affordable private universities in all of America. Carey provides a multitude of undergraduate and graduate programs, as well as over 10 different doctoral degrees. Did I mention that Carey also boasts one of the top 100 med schools in the country? And I also hear that the baseball team's pretty dang good. Check them out on all forms of social media and visit wmcarry.edu for more information. If you're looking for hats for your business, hunting club, or just whatever, go check out Chickasahay Hat Company. It's locally owned by good folks, so you don't have the hassle of dealing with big box companies. They carry multiple different brands and sizes, including the number one selling hat, the Richardson 112. Custom embroidery is available on all hats and shirts, and to top it off, 10% of all profits go to charities for people that struggle with addiction. Like I said, good people. You can check them out on Facebook at Chickasahay Hat Company or on the web at ChickasahayHatCo.com. Back to bags and move down to Florida. I've been blue since she went gone. And this bowling green motel room is now my old Kentucky home. And we're back. Another Welcome back. Another episode. Our second episode of this year. Um got some pretty neat stuff to talk about tonight we actually all finally the three of us all got to go on a uh a hunting trip together so mm-hmm. a little short because of hunter but that's all right yeah we'll get into that in a minute too um and uh we've got a few other things that we kind of wanted to hit this week that i thought were kind of pertains to this time of the year and things that i see going on in the hunting in the hunting community so uh we'll kick that off first we got the video of the week um, last week, you know, we jumped we jumped east. I think I think it was last week, wasn't it? The Georgia. Yeah, it was Georgia. That's right. The guys, uh, the guys shooting at the shooting up in there and playing loud music. This week we get back to our roots. We're pulling them out of Louisiana. Oh, surprise, surprise! So, um, this actually, you know, sometimes like with the idiot of the week. Like I procrastinate with that with that particular part of the show, um, when we're putting it together, and I kind of wait to the last moment to pick somebody, because you never know what's going to pop up. And today that really paid off because this only came out like two or three hours ago. Um, this comes out of Georgetown, Louisiana. Uh, I think it's like Grant Parish, Louisiana. Um, man's been arrested for several deer hunting violations. Uh. His name is Farian Fletcher Jr. He's 35 years old. And what they got him for was taking over the season limit of deer. Uh, he obviously didn't tag those. And in Louisiana, you have to, you have to tag your deer. But I think the worst part of it, and, 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 and just so everybody knows, he killed like six antler deer during the season, with three over Louisiana's limit. But the worst part of it is, and this is the worst charge, is contest fraud. He apparently entered maybe one or two of these, I don't know how many he entered in the contest, but he entered these uh, deer into like some big buck contests. And I thought that was kind of interesting because we have our big buck contest going on right now between uh, Southern Miss's baseball team and William Carey's baseball team. So um, if any of those guys are listening, if you kill a deer and you enter it into our contest, and it wasn't a legal deer, you could get your tail in trouble. So don't do that. But um, this guy entered a, a, a big buck contest with a deer he harvested um, December 4th of 22. And uh, agents were able to determine that he harvested that deer. And I don't know why I'm saying harvest. I'm reading the article. That's why I'm saying harvest. I don't like the word harvest when you're talking about deer. I think you harvest corn and wheat. You kill deer. Okay. Um, but he killed the deer on uh, the 4th. They figured it out on like the 29th, so right before the end of the year. Um, that he killed the deer that he killed and put in the contest. He actually killed it on a piece of property that he did not have permission to hunt on. Okay. So, what number deer was that? Was that like number six, number four? 
it didn't say in the article, but you know, I'm guessing it's going to be over. It's it's going to be past the third one. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, they arrested him on January the third. Um, you know the fines in Louisiana. I didn't know how the fine system worked there, but if you exceed the limit of deer, it's like a two hundred fifty to five hundred dollar fine and up to ninety days in jail. Uh-huh. But like hunting, like big buck contest fraud, is a three thousand dollar fine and a year in jail. Oh my god! And then he gets the you know the trespassing charge because he killed the deer on land they didn't have permission to hunt, so he gets that charge too, which is also like a hundred to five hundred dollar fine and up to thirty days in jail. I hope I'm never stupid enough to go to jail for a deer. <sighs> you, you know, you got to be pretty. I, like I like to deer hunt. I, 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 let me take it back. I love to deer hunt. Um, but I'm not going to do something that's going to jeopardize my job and my family. And, you know. Yep. So this guy. Well, go ahead. This guy, man. He. Uh, this. I don't know. I, I well, think. I think that. And I tell you what, this is this kind of transitions perfectly into what I want to talk about next. Um, I think you got to be like, I don't, I, I don't know the right word, but like to embellish what you're doing in the woods or being dishonest about hunting. Like, why? You're you're not getting paid, you know, to hunt. Obviously, you're you're not on a TV show get paid or or whatever. So why? What what makes it such a big deal? that you got to go and kill eight deer and enter an illegal deer into a contest. Yeah. Um, well, you brought up Louisiana and I read something today. It was actually a Louisiana thread. I, there's two WMAs of theirs that are going to be closed for deer season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not even hundred percent sure why, but I immediately just go to the comments on things like that and start reading. Yeah. I wanted to brag on Mississippi and the MDWFP actually. We don't do that enough because we give them a hard time when they do something we don't really agree with, but, these guys were griping about how everything is spikes. And one of the guys commented and said, because uh, somebody had recommended antler restrictions. And he said, those don't do anything. And I wanted to jump in, but I didn't because I was like, I don't hunt in Louisiana. It's not really <laughs> my business. But I wanted to jump in and say, you need to come look at Mississippi and the average age of a deer killed since we instituted antler restrictions. Yeah. It's like three and a half years old is the a- average age of a buck that's shot in Mississippi. Mississippi has one of the highest uh, every year in the last few years. Um, I, I would say since that antler restriction really took took place and, and people got used to it. Yeah. Um, Mississippi is ranked in the top five in the country for mature bucks, which is three and a half year, year olds or better, um, from a mature bucks killed each year. Yeah. I guess – and I think I think Mississippi did it wrong at first, but then got it right. I don't know if you remember; it was four pointer better. Yeah, I think that's the wrong avenue to take. And they finally went to main beam length, and I was like, "This is it right here." Yeah, and it's it's showing. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everybody in Mississippi kills 140 inch deer because they don't, but we do kill bigger deer, uh, not bigger than other states. But I mean, you just you don't see those four points dropping like you do in other states. I tell you what, when you know, you and I were in high school or college, and for you know, back, which back then it was all about how many points did the deer have more than it was about a score. Score wasn't even talked about hardly. No, it wasn't ever talked about. But you know, when when people first started talking about scoring deer, you know, like the benchmark for a giant buck in Mississippi, and it still kind of is, is like 130 inches. Yeah. And dude, nobody killed 130 inch deer back then hardly that we heard about. I mean, in the Delta, I'm sure they did, but like now you're seeing 130 deer killed in forest in Lamar County. Yeah. I never, I don't remember, but maybe a couple of people I knew that had ever killed 150 inch deer, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Now, if you kill 150 inch deer, I mean, you'll get an attaboy and stuff, but that's about it. That's right. That's right. Um, which, well, two things I want to talk about. Uh, well, let me let me since we were still talking about Louisiana, 
Um, Louisiana now has uh, CWD cases. Oh, well, welcome to the club. And I tell you, it's going to be pretty hard to say that it didn't come from, it'll be hard to say that it did not come from Mississippi because the parishes in Louisiana where they've found CWD border the Mississippi River. And And we have deer data of our deer jumping the river, going swimming across the river to their side. Yeah. Yeah. So it's counties in Mississippi that had cases. I think it was like Claiborne and Issaquina and right right across the river from those two counties is where they found it in Louisiana now. Yeah. I think most of our counties now, though, that have active cases or have had active cases are on our northern border now. Yeah. Majority of them are. Because I know Tennessee's dealing with it. But yeah. yeah. Yep. That's correct. Um, talking about scoring deer, um, <laughs> do you ever get on the I Killed It in Mississippi Facebook group? I do every now and then. I like to see what's been killed. And, and you know what? There's been some fantastic deer killed in the last two weeks that I've seen on that, on that page. Yeah, the and- best one I've seen is the 182-inch deer, the guy killed on 100 acres. Yes, yes. And uh, and we and we kind of need to highlight that in a minute too. Um, <clears throat> but one of the things I've noticed about the I killed it in group. Um, well, a couple. One of the things I've really enjoyed seeing is young people killing their first bucks, and you know, and it being posted in the group. That's been really neat to see. And something that drives me wild still, and it's about boring, is I don't know where people learn how to score their deer now or what kind of tape measure they're using but i need to borrow their tape get a few extra inches well you know i mean we've got this this hunting contest going on and uh i want to be as honest and as accurate as i can be but uh like i just need a better tape measure apparently because i'm seeing deer that are 115 inches that are being called 140 inches on there all day (laughs) Like, you know what? I could use 20 extra inches right now in this contest. Yeah, and I can't speak on the 115 to 140, but I will say that, you know, when I first got into scoring my deer and stuff, that some of that can be confusing. Like, for example, in Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett, if you fill one of those sheets out or any official score sheet, it'll have on there, it'll make you take measurements that you're not allowed to count. Like tip to tip spread. Well, why am I I taking tip to tip spread? Now, the reason they're doing that is you're inside wide your inside spread can't be more than the tip to tip spread. Correct. But it's still, it's like, I'm sure people write that down and then think they get to count it because they were told to count it. That's right. They were told to measure that. That could be where some of the extra, some of the extra uh, measurements are coming from, I think. Yeah. Um, Oh, I'll tell you another big one that gets people and it doesn't sound like it would be mean much, but if it's a 10 point, or 12 point, it adds up quickly, is a lot of people will go down to the middle of that beam when measuring the G2, G3, G4 to start at the, thinking that's the base of the point, and that's not where you start. Yep. You, you start where it begins to protrude from the beam. and so. But a lot of people go halfway down the beam or, or all the way to the bottom and then start measuring. And then that's, you know, if that adds an inch every point, well, that just added 10 inches to your deer. Right. You, you know, and since you mentioned that, I had a guy actually tell me one time the way one of the first people that ever talked to me about scoring deer, um, he did it. You know how the grain of the antler kind of changes? Where yeah. The, he would go to that spot, and I was like, man, you're like halfway down, halfway through the base. But sometimes, and, and you know, it's not right. Yeah. I, the way I was told, Matt, was like if you pulled a string – along the top of the the the, the beam mm-hmm. and like or drew it with a marker and acted like there was no protruding time there mm-hmm. that's where you would start yeah like it where that top mark would be that's correct so, um but that was one of the things i've seen and and here's another thing and this is another group you know we had ben ward on the show a while back ben uh, with the with the the dog tracking stuff, and um, which these guys, man, they have been bowed up the last few weeks. I, I mean, I can't get on Facebook without you know such and such is called, and they're looking for dog handlers here or there. 
going and you know whatever and um but this is something that that kind of bothered me the other day and and i don't know if it was the group that ben was in the mississippi dog tracking or if it was one of the other groups i cannot remember so i, I don't want to i don't want to say anything bad about the groups but the post was like shot this buck last night and this dude brings his dogs, dogs jump the buck up out of the bed. Uh, the handler, you know, some of those handlers don't want you to shoot with their dogs around. Correct. But the handlers are the ones that actually shoot the deer, kill it. And it's like, so glad to have my trophy. And I'm like, you didn't kill the deer. <coughs> well, I've got mixed feelings. Well, I'm not sure. A hand, I, I'm, I'm almost 100% positive the handlers can't legally shoot the deer anyway. Okay, so I, it, well, they'd be shooting a deer at night, right? No, this was in the daylight hours. Oh, okay. Well, that's different. But you know, a lot of them are at night, and I mean, they don't. Some of them take knives and will like dispatch the animal through the heart or whatever. I have no desire to be that guy that does that. Uh, but daytime, yeah. I mean, no, I get it. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. That was just something I saw, and I was like, it, it raised my eyebrow, you know. And um, I was like, well, I don't really think. Okay, <laughs> good for you. Um, and, and one thing I'm always skeptical about is is the, and I understand that there's times where you have to have a dog to help you get your deer, and that is a better option than leaving a wounded deer out there that's going to die and you don't recover it. But I think having the and call the dogs i think could potentially lead to people being taking shots that they probably shouldn't take yeah uh they got, they're gonna take those shots anyway ben most of the time I'd, I'd say so just the excitement of it i think a, a a mature hunter probably doesn't do it even knowing he has the dogs i think yeah um for me i've never wounded one 70 yards in the heart doesn't matter. Pick your spot. <laughs> um, before before we get into our, our duck hunt, I uh, wanted to bring this up too. Uh, alligator stuff. And I know it's not normally anywhere close to alligator season, but we have uh, an exception now. Um, there's been a lot of complaints. You know, we have the different zones in Mississippi. One of them is the reservoir, but Pelahatchie Bay and the reservoir has always been off limits. Um, I'm guessing it's due to the population is the reason they've never opened Pelahatchie Bay up uh, because there's a lot of residential areas there. But um, apparently the residents of Pelahatchie Bay have made enough noise now to where we're going to have a, um, I guess you'd call it a conservation hunt. And, That's uh, incredible. Um, May of this year, May of, 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 of 2023, uh, the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks uh, are going to allow an alligator season in May. Are we putting in for a draw? No, I'm not going to put in for this one. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll take my boat to Pelagia Bay. Well, I mean, you, if you want to put in and it's to where I can, and you get drawn and it's to where I can go, I will go with you. But the season is like May the, I got the dates right here, May the. Right in baseball. Yeah, it's just baseball. So I hope I can't go because that means we're still playing. Um, I got a place to stay down there. That's right. Ryan and Kayla are right down the road, aren't they? Yeah. Um, May the 5th through the 7th and May the 12th through the 14th, um, you'll be able to kill two alligators. Now, the bag limit is still is still two but both of them have to be over six feet in length and the target is female alligators. You hmm. can kill, but they want you to kill females. Yeah. Well, uh, don't you have to like, uh, do the old finger check to do that? Yeah. I don't think you can just look at them and tell, can you? Well, when you hook them, um, and like a male alligator that's over six foot in length, is going to look different than a female alligator. So he's going to be bigger girth wise. Yeah. He's going to be girthier. And, um, I mean, you can do the old, <laughs> the old roll them on the back and check to check, check, check them under the skirt, you know, but 
Um, I don't know. I mean, but I think it's a good thing that they're doing this because uh, according to the article I read, you know, we had Ricky on the show. Ricky estimates, uh, I think it's from 350 to 450 hatchlings per year in Peelahatchee Bay. And that is a lot of alligators in an area where there's a high concentration of people and pet, <laughs> lots of fishermen and stuff since like that. It's, since it's Pilahatchee Bay, they should allow alcohol on the boats. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. I think uh, I think all of the normal, um, all of the normal alligator laws are going to apply. Now, is that is that, I wonder if that includes Pilahatchee Creek. I. That's a good question. I, don't know. I would I would probably run up that creek uh, if I still had my uh, my gator tail. I mean, I've taken my when I had that nitro that bass boat. I took it a long way up Pilatchie Creek. Yeah, it's very very deep in spots. Now here's the uh, the kicker on it. Um, I think we have what 987 permits statewide for the regular alligator season. Mm-hmm. Um, there will only be 24 possession permits that are sold here. Uh, 48 okay. total alligators. 48 be. total alligators can be taken from Peel Hatchie Bay on those two weekends. Uh, so about 12 percent of the hatchlings. Right. Okay. Right. Which I think. Did the math correct before? That's probably about uh, par with the normal stuff for the regular season, from what we guessed as far as hatchlings in the state. Um, and the drawing, uh, you know, the drawing will be scheduled uh, February the first through February the eighth. So you got a week, and for the first week of February, you can put in. Um, real quick, I want to clarify, just so somebody listening to this from Pilachi Bay doesn't call me an idiot. I probably wouldn't go up Pilhaji Creek because you would never land him. Oh, all the stuff. I mean, there's like entire trees standing up underneath the water through there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I take that back. <laughs> well, I think it's a, a good thing now. You know, this is obviously a conservation hunt. I know Ricky had, had talked about we didn't really have a... <sighs> I think the way he put it was we didn't have a, a problem with the alligator population in Mississippi. And it's hard for me to disagree with a man that puts as many hours on a boat riding around looking at alligators as Ricky does. But I've been to some other areas in the state where I was like, where I was like, we've got an alligator problem here. Yeah. One per lake seems fair. <laughs> Thinking like what I'm hopeful for is this uh, initial hunt in Peelahatchee Bay, because of it being a, uh, the alligators being a nuisance there, will kind of maybe open up some other areas of the state uh, as well later on. Because I do think there's there's some places that I've gone fishing a few times, uh, some rivers that you couldn't go 100 yards without running into you know, a couple of alligators. Yeah, biggest alligator I've ever seen was a panther. Uh, not panther swamp. Uh, Colin, Colin Panther. Colin Panther. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, I, and I've talked about this before. Uh, you know, growing up as a kid, fishing on the Leaf River and the Bowie River and the Pearl River, like we never saw an alligator when I was a kid ever. Was, I was just gonna say that we didn't. We didn't even think about alligators when we were <laughs> yeah, hand grabbing and things like that. But you cannot get in the Pearl River anywhere now without running into alligators pearl's got a lot yeah and i've even seen alligators in the leaf river and the booby river now well them uh the rednecks in georgetown have kind of taken care of that area you can swim with your dogs at peace there <laughs> well <laughs> seriously like the last time we went running trot lines probably i had my havoc at then so it was probably two three years ago we 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 Kusa didn't see any all night through a very large stretch of river. <laughs> you got to go down all the way to where we normally go? Yeah, we actually, well, since I had that surface drive, we actually went pretty good ways up to Strong there and set lines there too. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Hunting season is here, so why are you still loading your four-wheeler in the back of your truck? Head on over to Bill's Collision Center and Trailer Sales in Columbia, Mississippi. They got a trailer for all of your hauling needs, including trailers for 
four-wheelers, side-by-sides, and tractors. Gooseneck trailers and dump trailers are also available. And in the event that you kill a deer with your truck rather than your rifle, they can take care of that too. Check them out on Facebook at Bill's Collision Center and Trailer Sales or give them a call at 601-736-3219. Well, uh, that's kind of all of the announcements that I have. Um, so let's get into ducks. We'll do. I'll take the lead on it. Get after it. So we all three got to go up to my camp around Greenwood. Uh, when, when did we go up? Thursday night? Thursday night. Yes. Yep. So we were going to hunt Friday and Saturday morning. Uh, I mean, we saw a lot of ducks, but it was not crazy. I mean, with the first day we just killed six wood ducks. Uh, I would say we had probably five different groups of mallards work us multiple times. We just could not get them to come in and land. Uh, very little wind. It made it tough. Um, that was yeah, on let's, old let's be clear. It wasn't anything we did wrong. No, it really was. We had a caller with us. Uh, I mean, I called, but I'm not anything. We had one of, well, Ben, one of Ben's friends, Chris, uh, his uh, buddy, Daniel, who's a member of our camp hunted. He called for us. We just couldn't get him to do it. Uh, but we killed wood ducks. Uh, you, you've, you've already missed the most important thing about the, the, the trip. What's that? Like before we actually killed ducks, was dropped up. Two of us decided to eat a good meal on the way up, and one of us decided to eat a fast food meal on the way up. Yeah, I still don't know all about that. I don't know what his decision was there. Okay, okay. Let me defend <laughs> myself. Um, I eat steak and eggs pretty much for five nights a week. I eat really clean pretty much every meal. Okay. Liver King over here? Uh, pretty yeah, I've, I, we messaged on Instagram in case you didn't know that. Um, <laughs> I had an Instagram in jail. Yeah, well he he's fine. It's fine. Um, that, was, that was before he went to jail. He 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 never did steroids. Um, <laughs> regardless, Ben wants me to go to Jerry's Catfish. So it's a building that's shaped like an igloo, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, once when you go to Jerry's catfish, I don't eat fried catfish. So then he's like, oh, well, you can get a steak at Jerry's. No, you can't because <laughs> it's Jerry's catfish. What were you running trot lines for in the river? Sport. <sighs> <laughs> Matt, I'm not, even, I'm not even sure he's related to me anymore. Oh, I just, wow. I've just never, I've always eaten it, but I've never been like, wow, this is incredible. I love the taste of flour and plain fish. Or it's, I just don't, it's just not my thing. I don't like, I don't fry snapper. I always grill it or bake it or Matt, pan sear it. Like, I don't, it's just not my thing. Matt, was there or was there not a steak option and a hamburger steak option? No, you're missing the point. I there believe was. There, I, I believe there was an option. I'm just not eating one at Jerry's Catfish in an igloo. I'm not ordering that there. I am no. on Hunter's side on this one. I mean, Thank I, you, I don't Matt. go. I don't go to Roos Chris to get baked chicken. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I go to Roos Chris to get a steak. So if you go to Jerry's, if you're not going to eat catfish, well, Ben's from Smith County, so this is not connected. <laughs> no offense, anybody from Smith County. I love you, people. I am, um, I am just as much from Smith County as you are from Smith. <laughs> Hey, that was that was pretty good catfish though. It was my first time eating there. But yeah, and then Ben calls me. He's like, "Man, it was freezing in there." I'm like, "Well, it's an igloo, Ben." <laughs> <laughs> it was cold in there. I remember that. Uh, but, but no, our first hunt. Uh, they're still up in the air. Who who killed the wood duck first? You or him? Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I I didn't get to finish this. Yes, there was an option for steak on the menu. Yes, I understand you not wanting to eat steak at a catfish house. Was there an option for steak on the menu at Sonic? No, because if I'm going to decommit, I'm going to decommit fully. Okay. Do you, you get know, cheddar peppers Matt, too? Matt has said this before. Whenever I, I do something, I go all out. So, <laughs> I mean, I had a supersonic double bacon cheeseburger and a large order of these cheese sticks and a ocean water, and I consumed every morsel. To <laughs> confirm that he does go all out, he shows up to Duck Hunt and he pulls out what I thought were a pack of hot dog weenies, but they were actually just <laughs> chails. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. And he was like, yeah, they're three and a half. And he looked, he looked us both 
just dead face, like calm. And he goes, if they made a four, I'd shoot a four. <laughs> I would, man. If I, <laughs> they especially look, for turkey hunting, that's insane. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Road flares. <laughs> they did look like road flares. That, that's funny. That's what they look like. But, uh, yeah, so first morning, we did good on wood ducks. Uh, I started, I shot pretty hot to start with, and I cooled off. But uh, there's a video of Pinstripes posted on social media that there's still a debate in there. Who shot that wood duck that you and uh, Hunter simultaneously fired on? I shot it. Yeah. Well, I, I told Ben the, the day before, I said, look, if you shoot at the same time as somebody and the duck dies... You just say you did it. Yeah. I mean, that's just what you do. You say, yeah, I did that. Um, so so technically, Ben did, Ben killed the wood duck. Because I looked at and knew. I could see it in his eyes. He was beside himself with joy. And I, who am I to steal that from a man? Hey, look, I got an 11-year-old I take hunting. And he's killed a number of ducks on his own. But it's funny because if we both shoot at a duck, and if it's one of those that I know... I dropped. He'll be like, I hit him. I'm like, yeah, good job, buddy. Good job. <laughs> so uh, I got I got treated like your eleven year old. Yeah, pretty That's much. Pretty uh, tell I them about your first mallard you killed, Bill. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. Before we go there, I want to say another great part of the duck hunt was <laughs> if you've never gone duck hunting with a deaf duck dog, it's an adventure, but it's awesome. Yeah, uh, one of yeah. our members had his dog there. His name's Bedford, and he he was a great dog he got every bird there was no issues whatsoever except that he can't hear his owner telling him to go for the dog and it's hilarious <laughs> look i had as much fun watching bedford as i did doing anything else we did while we were up there but you know back to being treated like an 11 year old <laughs> we we <laughs> i do need to to clarify what kind of weapon i was using when yeah, i yeah that's true he shot it with a red rider <laughs> It might as well have been. So that was a youth model 20 gauge that I got when I was like nine or 10. And the, the barrel is, uh, well, it's about the size of a Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> so, yeah, Ben's not a big uh, wing hunter. Um, the only dove hunt he's ever been on, he used the bathroom the whole time. <laughs> Matt, do you know that story? No, I do not. I'm assuming ice cream or dairy was involved. No, neither. 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 Uh, it's my mom's famous Louisiana hot wings. <laughs> we, can, I go up to to Hunter's mom and dad's house. I meet them up there. I was probably, I can't remember if I was in college or right out of college. And uh, Aunt Renee cooked hot wings the night before. And the next morning we get up and we get ready and we get out <laughs> the birds like crazy in this field they got there at their house. And uh, thank goodness we were at the house. Um, because like right when the sun was coming up, I was like, Oop, I gotta go. So I go back to the house early, stayed in the bathroom through the entire hunt, just about. And all I could hear outside was just boom, 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 boom. I mean, they're wearing doves out. Yeah. We've made a dove field there probably five or six years. Um, like just throughout the course of from what I can remember, and that was the single greatest duff hunt we've ever had there. I'm pretty sure everybody had a limit. It's, yeah. it's really nice to get on a good duff field because they're few and far between, but, man, when you get on one, it's fun. Speaking of doves, I didn't even I didn't even know we had a dove season going on right now. Yeah, one of our members invited us to dove hunt. Our schedules just wouldn't let it work out. But, yeah, I mean, the guys that are serious about it, they hunt it. There's like three different seasons for dove season. Yeah. <clears throat> Something like that. I don't know exactly dates or anything. But uh, back to the ducks, it was it was fairly slow. The only thing that was fast was my boat uh, getting us to the spot. Yeah, super, oh. super fast, high-performance machine. Yeah. We, to we the listeners, my boat goes about as fast as, as, a, as a brisk walk. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had it loaded down well beyond the suggested capacity. Yeah, we had four people and a dog and decoys and guns and shells. And it was, it was a pretty good bit of weight. But we had a good time and then... Uh, Hunter, you had to go back and look at the camper. We're going to get into that story in just a minute. We want to hear it. I haven't heard it, but Ben has. Uh, but the next morning, I took Ben kind of to a more relaxed type of hunting. The first morning, we were standing by some hard woods on the edge of a lake. We went to a blind of ours, and it was real comfortable. But, man, was it slow. We just didn't have much. I killed one wood duck, and uh, 
towards the end of the hunt, though, I heard that classic uh, Drake whistle, the little noise they'll make. And I Ben heard it too, and he looked at me, and I said, "That's going to be a low green head." And we look, and he was he was the best kind. I didn't have to call; he didn't have to make a circle. He was fully committed. And uh, I told Ben, I said, "Take your shot first. Since you hadn't killed one, I'm gonna let you try to kill a mallard." And he folded it. It was great. And and did it with Hunter's shotgun. Yeah, yes, he did. That's why. That's why you killed him, man. You shot it with the big stick. <laughs> yeah, it was a double curl. Had a double curl on it, uh, Hunter. So it was a nice bird. It was it's pretty a good bird. bird to kill. Yep, it was a good one. Uh, for your first one. It was a neat experience. You know, I I didn't know really what to expect about everything, and I had no idea. Like I, I know about decoys, or I know you use decoys, but some of the technology that's involved with it, like the uh, the feeding ducks that's, you know, shoot a spout of water out to keep the water moving. Yep, the pulsator by Higdon. Yeah. yeah. Very common when it keeps the water moving. It's just a bilge pump on a decoy. Yeah. Uh, but it is <laughs> extremely effective. Like, things like that, I, I just don't, I've never gotten into the sport. Um, and, and I'll tell you why I've never really gotten into the sport. I am a... Uh, much like Hunter, when I do something, I, you know, I'll go all out into it. And duck hunting can be, you know, a pricey venture if you really get into it. And I just, yes, without a doubt. I've always been a little bit scared of being addicted to something that was that expensive. If I was going to be addicted to something that expensive, I'd just snort cocaine. Mm. Yeah, or buy an offshore boat. Well, yeah. that's what I was about to say. Can we rank these real quick? And just real quick, we haven't talked about this ahead of time. <laughs> but if I had to rank expensive hobbies as far as when it comes to sports like fishing and hunting, I would probably, don't take offense to this, Hunter, put saltwater fishing at the top and put duck hunting right below it. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. Um, but, I mean, duck hunting's not far behind it. And then I honestly might would put freshwater fishing below duck hunting because if you really get into it, you get a bass boat, you got all those, and those rods and reels, man, this stuff gets high. Yeah, well, we, we can say that there's levels to it, obviously, because if you're just a wood duck coal guy, you're not going to spend too much cash. You're going to buy yeah. a couple boxes of shells, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the way that you do it, or, or even the, like, avid public land hunters, probably more expensive because someone who doesn't have private land like y'all have, like, they're driving, paying for hotels. And I'm not saying that, like, obviously you have the cost of your private land. So yeah. No, I know what you mean, but they they have a lot of expenditures that come out at the time of the hunt. Um, yeah, like the, the daily hunt expenditures that. Yeah, that and they don't, get, and you know, they don't get to buy a boat that has that moves at a brisk walk like mine. Right, right. <laughs> they they could. They'd just be. They'd basically be hunting at the ramp, probably. Yeah, you're <laughs> not going to do well doing seven. <laughs> but uh, I've seen some guys, some public land hunters, with you know, easily thirty, forty thousand dollars in a boat. It's. It's a sport that, you know, just after, you know, one weekend of doing it, I can see, though, very easily how you get hooked in it. Because oh, you oh, haven't even been on a barrel burn. not yet. seen anything. Well, <laughs> you haven't been on a good one yet. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. This is a good first hunt. Your expectations are, are low. But going into the one that's actually going to be fantastic one day for no reason. But, like, you know, watching the dog work, the fact that you can move around, you don't have to sit like a stone. Um, you can talk to your buddies. I mean, it's a great social event. Um, I see why guys enjoy it. <clears throat> yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun, especially if you get mallards to work and they cup and you, you know they're going to do it. That's when it's fun. Even the wood ducks. Look, when they start cupping, I'm like, oh, this is about to be fun. You know? Yeah. And, uh, the, uh, and we hadn't mentioned this yet. Uh, the food up there. Which Hunter missed out on the, the 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 Friday night meal. That pork chop that Will cooked was quite possibly the best pork chop I've ever eaten in my life. Yeah, I want to say you got it from the floor of butcher. I don't know anything about the floor of butcher, but that's what he said. And it was uh, it was, it was like an inch and a half thick, two inches thick. It was, it was infused with 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 beef tallow, correct? Oh, uh, yeah. He just said lard infused, so I'm assuming that's what it was. Yeah, pretty much same thing. It yeah. was. He reverse seared it. And uh, man, it was just had great taste to it. It was it was fantastic. So the whole experience, the whole experience up there this weekend was was a lot of fun. And I I, I know I can speak for both of us because we appreciate you inviting us up to do that. So 
Oh, yeah, it's fun to do it. Yeah. Now, let's get into why uh, why Hunter wasn't at the Friday night meal on the Saturday morning hot. First off, it was poor communication on Ben's part. I thought it was just a Friday thing. Um, second off, um, I was going to purchase a camper, not look at a camper. I was going to buy a camper. Um, I'd stopped at a place that had some used campers for sale. For people who don't know, I work out of town during the week and I'm riding with, uh, with my foreman now, um, cause he lives near to me, but it's, it's aggravating driving four hours a day. That's not one way that's there and back, but on top of like actually, and on days like today, when you work a little late, like you get home pretty late then you don't really have time. And, and I'm a big sleep guy. So, that kind of interferes. Um, but I refuse to pay for hotel rooms. The whole point of per diem is not for me to use it for a hotel room. It's to pocket it and buy stuff for the boat. And that's the point of per diem in my mind. Remember, I just said it was the most expensive one. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm not giving that up. I'm not paying for a hotel room. You gotta, you're out of your mind. That's why I slept in a tent for 11 days straight during Christmas. Um but anyways, uh, I was going to buy this camper, and I'd <clears throat> kind of been going back and forth with the guy a little bit. I went and looked at it, and, uh, you know, I offered him considerably by my – I'll just tell you the numbers. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to say the, the company or the guy because I don't want to drag him because he's a nice guy, but I'm a little sketched out. Regardless, you'll you'll know if you go there. Um, uh uh, uh, the camper, the price for the camper, it was like thirteen five, and I offered him eleven thousand dollars, and he was like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool." I mean, it, was, it seemed fine. Well, then I got to thinking. I was like, uh, "I don't, I don't know if I, I want less camper or more camper, but this is just in the middle, and I don't really love it." Um. Because, like, I'm good with very minimalist. Like, I'm just going to go to sleep. Like, I'm going to get off. I'm going to cook a nice meal. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to play a game on my phone. I'm going to go to sleep. That's what I'm going to do out of town. I'm not going to do anything else. So, I was like, ah. So, I found this other one that had, it was was actually bigger, but it just had more, I guess, amenities, you would say. And I went and looked at it. When I got there, he was supposed to have, like, a bill of sale or something that I could look at with the bin and stuff on it and i call him and he went there and it's like kind of at his house but it's also like a lot strange um and he's like uh yeah check it out you know there was we have done you know it's where everything works which is what he says about everything there so um i climb underneath it and it's been like restapled like the undercarriage yeah so I call it back, and I'm like, hey, did y'all do anything to it? He said it was fine. He's like, no, not to that one. I'm like, there's staples under it. Like, you've clearly cut it to do something. He's like, oh, yeah, we changed the water heater out. I'm like, that's a red flag. <laughs> um, Then he just tells me that he'll take three or 4000 less than the sticker price. And I'm like, look, what? Like, no. <laughs> like, no, I don't, I don't. No, you don't decide not how it's supposed to work. I'm supposed to make you an offer and you're supposed to counter and we're going to meet in the middle somewhere eventually or you're going to be stiff and I'm just going to pay it. Like, why are you trying to sell this for $4,000 cheaper than what you determine is the value? Yeah. So that was strange and I just eventually left and was with no camper when I could have been eating pork chops infused with lard. Um (laughs) So, anyways, uh, that, that's 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 kind of what happened. It, it wasn't really anything crazy. It was just a super strange. Maybe he's maybe he's new. Um, he will not be in business very long with these practices, yeah. unless he's just getting these like off of like repos. I don't know. I don't understand what's going on with this guy. Well, it has worked though, so be wary. You 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 told me about the contraption you're going to build with your truck to, to use. Yeah. So that's another thing too. And I'm sure that maybe one lineman somewhere is listening to this who, who works for a contractor has stayed out of town. 
Um, I mean, I, I get, I'm paid a hundred dollars per day per diem that I work. So it's like, I need that to go in my pocket. Obviously it's just more money. Um, it's 400 free dollars just a week. So I was like, if I buy this camper, I'm going to pay how much a night to camp in it. Cause that matters. Mm-hmm. So I started looking in the area and it's like 50 bucks a night. And I've, I've never can't like nobody, no one in my family's ever had a camper. So I don't know how much it costs to that. That's a little on the upper end. That's what I thought. Um, and then it was like, like primitive like, camping for this area it was $35 a night. I'm like, that's, that's aggressive. It was a really nice place nice facilities and things like that. But th- I thought that was aggressive. Um, what's a normal, like say you and your family, cause you have a camper. What's a normal, uh, what's a normal rate for a, for a middle of the pack park to go camp? Middle of the pack park, full hookup where you got black water and fresh water. Um, I would say 40, 45, something like that. Okay. So let's just say, estimate low, say 40. Mm-hmm. Well, that's $40 right off the bat. Plus the expenses of the camper. Plus me having to take the camper home after staying in it for three nights and then repeat that cycle every single week. Yeah. And because I can't leave it over the weekend because it's, I'm still having to pay for it to sit there. Yep. So, I mean, there, there goes another, you know, for, for four nights, it would sit there without a, without a human in it. It's 160 bucks. Not doing that either. there. Now I'm gonna build one in the back of my truck. <laughs> <laughs> when when you do that, we'll take a picture of it and post it on the site. What's well, happening Saturday? Okay. Yeah, like I'm, I, I commit, I do it, I make a plan, and then I execute. <laughs> um, I couldn't find a topper shell to fit my truck, and I don't want to wait a month for one to be ordered. And I also don't like them because they're ugly. I like them on like smaller trucks, like like F one fifties or like like if one was on Ben's truck, like I kind of like that. But you like I have a regular size bed on my F two fifty, and it's still like six foot seven inches, so it turns instantly turns the truck into like a hearse, <laughs> and I just don't like the way they look. So how are you going to cool it? I'm not worried about the heat because you can dress warmer, but... I'm going to run an air conditioner in this thing. You're going to put like a window unit and get like a little generator? No, I'm not going to have a window unit. Uh, There's actually like these little things that they're just like small air conditioners. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like the technology has gotten pretty cool, but they're just like little air conditioners that run off electricity. And I'm going to have one of those little whisper generators on top of it. Why don't you just get a bag of ice and like a little fan? That's That's... That's why you haven't been contacted on any of the... That's why you eat catfish and he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Statements like that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to build one. It's going to be beautiful. Um, it will be removable, but I'll never take it out. I know I won't. Um, and I'm going to deck it out, and it's going to be gangster. It's going to like a little resort cabin on the inside, just in the back of my truck. I'm interested to see this. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. You're going to be jealous, and you're going to probably... You're probably going to build one for yourself and then you're going to go to your camp and you're still going to choose to sleep in your truck. <laughs> hey, you, you know what you need to do when you're building this is do like uh, like an Instagram, like the stories. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make videos and I'll put it on the story like throughout the process. Yeah. Me and Barry are going to tackle it Saturday. So, gosh, somebody is just as excited as I am and has, he's like, I got to do this too for mine. And I'm like, yeah, you got to. <laughs> Well, uh, we're pretty much out of time for tonight. Um, I do want to give the update on the, since I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, the update on the USM William Carey Baseball uh, Big Buck Contest. Right now, uh, after this week, USM has taken a lead uh, and is up about 106 inches, 107 inches, 106, 107 inches, if I'm not mistaken. So one average deer up. Well, I'm not to put the heat on somebody. Is there a player for William Carey who has not bagged a buck? There are a couple of them. And well, look. <laughs> it's the bottom of the night, dude. Well, we it's kind of funny you mentioned that. We started practice yesterday, and uh, one of the pitchers that's on the on the big buck contest team um, 
he had all these stories about all these giant deer on his place. He's from Louisiana and how they kill these big bucks every year. And he hasn't killed anything. And uh, kill six. Do what? I'll take you kill six. Well, <laughs> yeah. If you want to go to jail. Yeah. Um, but um, he hadn't killed anything. And I make the schedule out every day for the duties. And he was confused today why he uh, had the same duties two days in a row and nobody else had had to do those. And I was like, well, you hadn't killed a deer. And until you kill a deer, you're going to continue to do this. Well, I mean, that's probably fair. It's about winning. It's not about anything else. Right. Um, if you're really good and you play for William Carey and you're tired of those duties, contact Scott Barry. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't contact Scott Barry. You contact Matt. Because yeah. Matt's going to do you an NIL deal with Little Caesars Pizza. Yeah, it will be no cash, but I'll feed you. <laughs> hey, you know, if I ever find out that Matt's doing NIL deals for Southern Miss players and not offering it to us, we're going to have – you know what? I may burn down his half of Float Road. <laughs> yeah, I don't own a half. I promise you that. I'm talking about the half of the building where we sleep. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that little, little covey in there just set it ablaze. <laughs> Which, what, one more thing before we go. I'm so grateful to be alive today because those bunk beds in that guest room there are meant for children. And had Hunter been on the bottom and I've been on the top, he'd be dead. Yeah, 100%. No, there was a, for sure a weight rating on there. <laughs> that uh, Ben would have, Ben probably wouldn't have exceeded the weight rating, but he might 20 years later after those were built. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's wrap it up for tonight. Y'all, y'all good? Yep, I'm good. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure, uh, like always, check us out on social media. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening. While you're scrolling through social media, go check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Also, visit our website, pinstripestocamo.com, to read weekly blogs and purchase Pinstripes to Camo merchandise.